My next guest generated over 5 million views on LinkedIn in the last two years and is listed as a top 10 LinkedIn coach for 2021 in Yahoo Finance. She has over 18 years of experience in business development and sales. Please welcome Judy Fox. Welcome to the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Patricia Bourgeois, Certified Business Coach. I am here to help you up-level, generate consistent wealth, increase your confidence, attract dream clients, and master your mindset so that you can fully own your power and achieve next-level results in your online business and beyond. Every week, a powerful conversation will take place with amazing guests, or I'll share from my experience to help inspire you to start and scale the business of your dreams while being powerfully you. The time has come to stop playing small, stop hiding, and stop waiting. Now is the perfect time for you to passionately pursue your heart's desire as the powerful leader you were born to be. Are you ready? Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Powerful Female Leaders Podcast. I am here today with Judy Fox. Hi, Judy. You have the most beautiful voice. Thank you. You you like sing-song words. It's gorgeous. (laughs) Thank you so much. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you here. Oh, my gosh. Like, Tell us who you are, what you do. Give us all the details. Well, I am currently sitting in my dining room where I have created my office. And I know I'm getting nitty gritty here, but it's really hilarious to me that this describes me as of 2021. I still have my Christmas tree up and it's March of (laughs) 2021. And the reason why I'm sharing that is because it's just beautiful. It's covered in lights. It still is gorgeous. And I don't feel like I'm ready for spring yet, maybe. I don't know. (laughs) That really wasn't what you were looking for, but I just had to share and set the stage for my uh, beautiful view. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. So who am I? I am a a LinkedIn business accelerator as my job. What does that mean? I do strategy and I do, I have an agency. So Mm. I take on VIP clients where I run their accounts But I don't call myself just a social media strategist because I'm truly focused on getting my clients' business, not just Mm. posting and making content for LinkedIn, if that makes sense. Totally. Totally makes sense. So I know you have generated over 5 million views on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Like, how? (laughs) What's the first step? (laughs) Um, Well, step number one is realizing that LinkedIn is a place where people want to have conversation. Mm -hmm. They really Mm -hmm. do. And so when I think about those 5 million views, I also think about how how many conversations have been generated from those views because the comments are gold and the conversations are amazing. Mm-hmm. And what I'll say about that is I you know when you think about why people are on LinkedIn it's not the same old times as 
it's a resume or it's a job searching site. Yes, people are on there to network to their next job, mm-hmm. but it's turned into so much more people with podcasts, people who want visibility for their videos or they now have a startup and there's an entire world of entrepreneurs that exist. And if we think it's a if the workplace is a microcosm and LinkedIn is that example, it's for everything beyond just B2B, B2C. I kind of reject those conversations because at the end of the day, you're always just a human talking to another human. No matter what that person's current role or title is, it goes well beyond that. So I think number one, to generate views on LinkedIn, to generate all these conversations, it requires showing up as the real people inside of your company and not just assuming people are going to want to talk to the brand. Mm, Yeah, there's a difference there. It's like huge. So thank you so much for bringing that up. I I, I really hope people listening will go on LinkedIn and maybe change their strategy a little. Um, And I also know you have over 18 years of experience in business development and sales. So how did you start in the business world? So my first start was actually as a chemical engineer working in petroleum refineries and mining. And I climbed the ladder pretty quickly in business, especially in the Fortune 500 world. I was kind of tapped early on to be, I don't know, fast-tracked it felt like to Mm -hmm. leadership roles and to the C-suite, which is really powerful and very exciting. And I probably didn't realize it at the time that they were giving me uh, either opportunities or mentorship that I now look back on And when you're young, you don't always realize what that means or what that looks like. So I had an early mentor who now she became the CEO of the company, that Fortune 500 company that I was working for. So a female CEO in the very male-dominated construction industry was huge. And just looking back, realizing that that was my mentor early on. So how did I really get started? It makes me realize everything always goes back to relationships, networking, um, realizing that it's the conversations. It's not always just getting the work done Mm -hmm. because almost anyone can get the work done. I mean, if you just put your head down and you're being told to fill in a spreadsheet or Mm -hmm. all of these other things that you can do, especially when you're starting off in business and especially in sales or anything – A lot of times you're just getting tasks done at the beginning sometimes, but it's always more than tasks. If you think about it, and this is how I was coached really early on, which is probably why I became an entrepreneur, was because I always saw everyone that I worked with as a client. So even when I was working within Fortune 500, I had a boss really early on tell me, he was like, technically, I'm just one of your clients. You're you're running the business of Judy Fox. I remember he literally told me that. <laughs> and and then he said, and all these people who are your coworkers are potentially your subcontractors, your, your peers, your colleagues, your um, business partners. And my brain just flipped in all these different switches because that allowed me to lean into the work more 
realizing and thinking about it that way than thinking about just being a salary employee at this company, which allowed me to probably create the shift in my brain to working for myself easier than I think I notice other people that move from corporate. I It is not easy. I want to acknowledge that for anyone listening. There's an entire mind and mental mind shift to change from what you know of as corporate to building your own company or your own brand or working for yourself or what that looks like. And so I definitely think that as young as you can start thinking about yourself as the business of insert your name, doing business as your name, the earlier you think about that, the better you might be if you do want to eventually own your own intellectual property, which is your brain. Yes. Oh my gosh, this is so good. I love real raw conversation <laughs> like this because it's so true. And I know you've mentioned networking a few times. So I would love for you to give us like some tips around networking when maybe we're shy or coming out of our shell or just starting in business. Like what's one or two tips you would like to give us? An easy kind of first tip that I give people, and it sounds fancy because because I can use a fancy name, it's called spontaneous trait transfer. And then that makes me sound like I'm, you know, I just went from, I'm just kidding. It just sounds fancy. If you Google the phrase, if you Google the concept, it's a really cool concept. What it really means is a lot of times when we do networking, we don't spend enough time sometimes complimenting or highlighting the person that either connected us or something in the exchange that is external to jumping right into the conversation. What I've noticed is when I get connected to somebody and somebody does a warm intro, like, hey, you should know Anna or hey, you should know this a, you know, anyone here on this planet, whenever they do that, you should always spend time saying whatever you truly believe to be true about the other person. So for example, I would be like, oh my gosh, I know Anna. She had me on her podcast. It was amazing. She's such a great host. She's very organized. And she had great questions, good energy, good vibe. And I just really enjoyed, you know, that the moments and time that I spent yeah. with her. And then you don't talk about yourself first. You talk about the person that connected mm. you. And then here's the reason why is that theory of spontaneous trait transfer. I spend time hopefully surrounded by people who are potentially similar mm. to me. So all the traits that I just assigned to you, they actually transfer back to me. Mm. There's an assumption that we run within packs, quote unquote packs or communities or tribes with similar people. That's why we don't want to all, we want to be a little bit protective of who we refer, but it also goes with who we network with to talk about each other. So I don't know if that made sense, but me spending any amount of time highlighting you technically, whether I wanted to do it or not, it actually reflects positively back on both yes. of us. Yes. Oh my gosh. This is so good. Oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> And that's just a micro yeah. thing that you can just shift just a little bit, shift what you do. And then the only other tip I will give is constantly ask yourself where the weight of the conversation is when you're exchanging networking messages with somebody. Like how much weight did somebody put on you? So say, for example, I want the phone call. 
I want the connection, then I should put as much weight of that conversation on myself. And so when I put weight, what I mean is if I've forced the other person to answer a question, even something as simple as how are you? I am actually the one, if I'm the one that wants the phone call and if I ask you, how are you? I just placed all the weight of the conversation for you to carry it forward on Mm -hmm. you because now you have to figure out how to answer that question. And you're like, I don't know. Do I tell you it's a crazy town over here? Do I actually just say good? Like I've immediately triggered too much weight on you. So I avoid, if I'm the one that wants to start the questions or the exchange, I try to make it easy for you, give you yes or no questions, give you something you can either um, softball, you know, like keep it light. I don't know why softball is light because softball was super hard when I tried to play it. So that's not a good analogy. (laughs) But that's an analogy that people use like whatever, a little T-ball then, I guess. But I bet T-ball could be really hard. I'm going down a rabbit hole, but you get the point. Um, How are you is very fascinating to me because it actually forces the other person to work really, really hard. And so many people don't realize that when networking. Like I haven't even realized it. So it's really, really good. I love it. I'm always thinking about the other person, like literally putting myself in their shoes. I even have, I'm not even joking. I have wigs (laughs) to play other parts. I can like literally open up my email as another person and be like, uh, Judy, seriously. And I talk to myself and I'm like, that message did not resonate. And I'm like, oh, you're right. I'm super weird like that. Oh, it's totally fine. I love it. I love weird. (laughs) Well, then good, because I have multiple wigs and personalities to the point that I even made one of them. She has her own email address, her own Facebook, and her own. And I probably shouldn't admit that because I think that's not correct to have two Facebooks. And she has her own website. She has her own deal. She's like, she could be an influencer. Yeah, but she's me. But honestly, I created her because I didn't feel there was a period of time where I didn't feel safe online. Safe as in, I just felt nervous putting myself out there. And she was the alter ego of me when I created this world of, okay, well, who is Judy? Who would be the, all the things, if you could just list all the things you would want to be, embody, not just like who you actually believe you are, not just fake, not just things you wish you were, but you kind of know you are. But she amplifies all the things you already know you are about yourself. You don't have to work hard to make any of them true. She just is them already and you are already them. And now I feel like I've merged with her, so I don't need her as much. But she had to step in sometimes and be like, no, 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 no. That is a great idea, Judy. And you need to do that. You need to film it right now. Put yourself on camera. No, no, no. Do it. Do it. Like she, that's, I literally would talk to myself like I was her. Wow. This is. She was my business best friend. I didn't feel like I had one. Oh my God. I sound psycho now. (laughs) No, honestly, it's very, very good. Cause I feel like I already have that voice in my head, but I I haven't really like realized it or like materialized it. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah, I've heard like, can you have an alter ego? There's actually, I think, a book about it now that I've heard that I didn't even know existed. Something about how to use your alter ego. There's more people that have this than we even realize. That that's how they're able to kind of support themselves because it is not normal 
to want, in some ways, it's normal to want to be visible for community purposes, but sometimes it feels abnormal, especially when you get criticized or judged or all the intense, like looking at you pressure, and that doesn't feel good. So why would I want to do that to myself? But there's something else driving me, which is that alter ego part of me saying, hey, there's a bigger purpose here. And she reminds me of those different things when I feel like I get, I don't know, the negative parts that happen. Not that there's many. I try not to focus on it, but it exists. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing all of this. It's really, really, really good. So I ask this to everyone who comes on the podcast, and I'm really curious to know your answer. What does being a powerful leader mean to you? I love that phrase, which I think I feel I feel like I've coined or adjusted, which is be the leader you wish to see in the world. Because we hear the phrase be the change you wish to see in the world, mm. which is by Gandhi. I don't mean to co-opt that phrase, by the way. Like I'm not trying to steal it, but I really feel like it finally resonated when I just literally one day was like, I want to be the leader I wish to see in the world because change felt so big. It felt too overwhelming for me to think about, well, how do I be the change I wish to see in the world? I can at least be the leader because I have seen poor leadership. Sometimes you don't know what good leadership is until you see poor leadership. And I could have read all the books on my shelves, but the moment I ended up in a toxic workplace – I finally could see, and I maybe I needed to see poor leadership in action. Because when it falls apart, you don't know what that looks like. How do you read about it until you're in it? It's very, I think it's very hard. So I'm, I think, I feel like a powerful leader is one that has been in it and gotten messy, like driven the ship of leadership through all the storms. Of a business failing, of layoffs, of – because how do you actually – you can theoretically talk about it, but until a leader has faced layoffs, until a leader has faced tough decisions that affect other human beings and their literal ability to pay their rent or their their mortgage or, you know, feed their kids, like it's intense. It's it's not – it's life. It's literally being able to sustain a life and – have a medical situation come up. That's like leadership through storms. And it's real human beings on the other side of leading. I I think the more and more I see good leadership and poor leadership is when I realize how big of a gap there is. And that's why we're, we're leading people. Even if you say you're leading a brand, you're leading people who are moving that brand forward. So- I've now taken a whole new view of leadership, especially with the pandemic and seeing how New Zealand's prime minister showed up and got on live stream and her getting on live stream with a sweatshirt with spit up on it. I was like, she was like, I just put my kid to bed. I'm going to talk to you about the pandemic right now. And I was like clapping. I was like, thank you. I want to see that kind of leadership. It's real. Yeah, exactly. And I want more of that. And I, I will just say right now, like if you, I'm supporting any one, any woman who wants to show up with her leadership voice full on, I don't care what you're wearing, what you look like, what you're dressed like. And I feel like that's part of what the pandemic has amplified, even though I see we're literally talking on Women's International Day, like right today. Yes. 
And I'm honored to have this conversation on that day, whether it comes out later. It's the fact that it's today. And if I have a chance to just say this, but women have been hugely impacted, hugely. And I just say, we take our power back. <laughs> like, <laughs> And what whatever that means, like I just hired, not, I mean, I uh, subcontracted to a woman in my business and I'm, you know, looking for where I can either support or get louder or I don't know what it means, but it just means like if I can just be somebody that claps for your video because you got on video, you know, not pitting men versus women, but I see a lot of men going live with their baseball cap or their rough, you know, unshaven faces or whatever they want to do, right? And women have this thing they've got to be polished or makeup or whatever. Like I'm here for the roughness, which is why I'm loving Clubhouse and I'm loving all these audio apps. And I feel like it's finally a space where women can just be like, I can have the chaos happening in my house and still show up and offer my voice, which should not be diminished just because I have chaos in the background and I have kids (laughs) running crazy. Oh my gosh, this is so good. Like, it's so true. Like, Clubhouse is so new, but it's like so raw and real. Oh my gosh, I love it. (laughs) So do you have, you know, like any last piece of wisdom you'd like to share with the audience? Spend way more time focusing on what you want to expand. That quote has served me throughout Mm -hmm. my business, day in and day out. I have it on my kitchen wall I just, every time I constantly ask myself, where am I spending my focus right now? And I'll be like, oh, damn it. I don't want that to expand. Like arguing with it. I mean, even coming down to the comments or coming down to the next post, do I want that to expand? Do I want that message to get bigger? Or am I sharing something that I didn't actually want to expand the way that I phrased it, which changed my whole phrasing, my whole highlighting of how I think about everything. The the time I spend in my direct messages, do I want that to expand or am I actually spending time in direct my direct messages with messages that are amazing? It just the word expand just made me visualize things differently in my life and where I'm giving my time to. Cuz the more time you spend on anything, even if you think you're doing it um you're trying to help somebody, I just decided I didn't like the word help anymore. <laughs> um, but that's a whole nother podcast. But um, I'd rather replace the word help with support. Mm. And the best support that I can give somebody, and this goes back to leadership, is leading by example. Mm. And leading by example does mean healthy boundaries, healthy use of your time. And if that means they happen to have triggered something you don't want to expand, then you have a really good way to direct them to what you want to expand in your business or your life. And you get to own it because they're walking into your house, into your business, into your direct messages. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. Thank you so much for being so amazing. So where can people go to connect with you further online? So it is J-U-D-I. That is the key. So it's J-U-D-I-F-O-X.com is my website, which has all the links to every social you could ever want. And I'm definitely loving Clubhouse. You can just search for JDI. I go by the hashtag Fox Rocks. So it's either Judy Fox Rocks or if you just search for hashtag Fox Rocks on certain platforms, you'll just be like, whoa, (laughs) why is she taking over this hashtag along with some radio DJ station that's like, welcome to 109.5 Fox Rocks. It's either me or a DJ. So 
That's what you're going to find. Or a rock company. They oh also God. use the same hashtag, but we enjoy each other's hashtag. I'll support their content. So <laughs> they're currently looking for an employee at a, at a company that is searching for rocks that are a rock company, literal rock company. They just happen to use the hashtag Fox Rocks. So <laughs> they so need some funny. new employees, just FYI. And I have no idea why I'm pitching them, but I think it's hilarious. And that's called spontaneous <laughs> trait transfer. I talk nice about them. So hopefully that reflects back on me. <laughs> amazing well thank you so much for your time and for being here you're super welcome (laughs) thank you so much for listening to this episode of the powerful female leaders podcast if you love this episode make sure to spread the message leave a review and subscribe i would forever be grateful for you I also want to hear from you and I want to know your feedback and your questions for future episodes. So don't be shy, say hi and send me a message at Powerful Female Leaders Podcast on Instagram. Until then, I'll see you on the next episode.